Picture this, two guys trapped in the South Charleston Public Library. One guy loves movies, the other, well, he'd rather be watching reality TV. Can they survive each other's films? Find out on Real Opposites, a library podcast about movies. Hosted by Josh and Aaron from the South Charleston Public Library. Hey guys, and welcome back to The Royal Opposites. I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. And we're back to discuss the movies we chose for each other last time, Mulholland Drive and Seventeen again. Yeah. So So I endured Seventeen again. (laughs) Well, I guess that we'll start with that. Yeah, another Um, team movie. I I mean, is it it about Seventeen again that speaks to your soul? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I would put it that way. The intricate plotting... I mean, listen, it is a fun movie. I like I like fun movies. I like to casually watch. If I'm going to watch a movie, which I prefer not to, but if I'm going to, I like a casual movie. And I feel like this one's very casual. It has some good people in it, and I think it's funny. Yeah. And like- but I am I am a fan of Zac Efron. Uh I like a lot of his movies, but he's not bad. Like, yeah, he's I don't know. Better over the years. Yeah. Not that I could like necessarily remember him in anything in particular. That's fine. We'll watch another one. Oh god. But but I think what we'll do is you maybe watch that awful Baywatch movie or something again. I've not seen that one. Oh god. Oh, maybe I have. No, oh. I haven't. I don't know if I did. Earl. Anyways, but what we'll do is we'll eventually watch one of his like maybe more serious ones or something when he's in Yeah, did he play who did he play serial killer? Oh, that's exactly the one we'll do. Yeah. What, who did he play though? Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a great one. Okay. okay. I'll so do that. stay tuned for if, more Zach As long as you get these like Disney kids to play <laughs> serial killers, I'll watch them. <laughs> I mean, honestly, most of the like the two main movies that came out about serial killers were Disney kids. Um, the Ted Bundy one and the Jeff Dahmer one were both Disney kids. Yeah. Not yeah. not the one on not the series. Netflix. Right. The, Who's in the De- Jeff Dahmer one? My friend Dahmer. Was um, there's a Disney kid in that one? He plays Dahmer. He was a Disney kid. Yeah. Oh well, it was like beyond our time. Disney. Josh hasn't watched Disney in thirty years. Yeah, like it was. <laughs> it wasn't during our time. Anyways, yeah. anyway, we okay. have went way off course. Okay. Kind of. Anyway, seventeen again. So it's yeah. a casual film. You like casual, just kind of laid back. It's fun. It's funny. Fun I like film. to laugh. Okay. I still found it very funny. Um, Is there a specific aspect that you like a lot? About this particular film, we'll have to cut that out. <laughs> I was looking up what she was looking at Zach Efron. I was no, I was seeing. Was that? yeah, that's, uh, that's the kid from My Friend Dahmer. He was in. That's Aust- the kid who played Dahmer. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was in Austin and Alley. He was in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. For real? That doesn't look like him. For the youngins in here that might know these things, this was beyond my time on Disney. Also, yeah. like this is young Disney. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He looks totally different. He was in Dahmer in My Friend Dahmer, which we've done on this podcast. Yeah, we did, and yeah. I liked it. Yep. But he looks totally different. Yeah. Wow. That's what I say. I mean, they did really good with those movies. The glasses, man. Yeah, the glasses and the hair. And the long hair. Wow. Huh. Okay. Uh, Yeah. What did I say before the the crash? You can part your hair in the middle and curl it under, and apparently you have instant serial killer. Yeah. And glasses. That's the trick. And glasses, big glasses. You need those glasses. But anyways, yeah, so I just I just find it fun. Is there a... You asked if there was a certain aspect. Uh... I don't, I don't 
are there aspects to this movie? Well, I mean, like, like a, a theme, a character trait moment. Well, it's not the love story. I can tell you that up front. <laughs> but I, I did realize this is basically a love story. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's... I mean, basically, it's Back to the Future. Right, which they paid they paid homage to Back to the Future with the scene with Michelle Trachtenberg when he wakes up and yeah. she's like taking care of him. Yeah. Or in the movie, it's, it's, the, it's the exact same scene. His mom. Yeah. Instead, but yeah. Well, it's even we didn't get in like a flying car. Well, no, but isn't it like his mom or doesn't his mom have the hots for him too? I seem to remember seeing like that in this. In seventeen again? Yeah, he well, doesn't go back in time. No, it's the well, I know, it's but his like, kid's mom, which is technically his wife. Okay, well, it's okay. It's somewhat, and it's because yeah. Yeah. he goes back to being himself and looks just like himself when they fell in love. Okay, um, okay, I guess so. Yeah. That makes sense. But maybe we should maybe we should get your opinion on it and then we'll discuss it some. Okay, <laughs> it's another generic teen movie. Yes, or <laughs> nothing interesting happens. What? There's so much interesting. I mean, it's like I mean, it's just like it's a been there, done that. It's like they throw some Back to the Future, you know, some any kind of like. I mean, it's not like a body swap movie, but it's kind of like a like he's right, going back true. into his old body, so it's kind of a body swap movie. You know, it's like throw a little bit of like Big or vice versa, the one with Judge Reinhold from the eighties. Never seen like, it. Well, it's like man goes back to being a kid. Oh, okay. You know, like magically is a kid, and you know, so it's just like. I don't know. It's nothing special. And the cast is like, okay, but they don't really elevate it. There's no, so that's the thing with like something like this, this kind of movie where you're really playing with stereotypes and tropes, like mm-hmm. narrative tropes from decades past is like, you need to add some sort of personal touch, like either stylistically with how you're shooting it or editing right. it or some element in it needs to be unique to, to the film you're making. Okay. Um, that's so like Back to the Future is a great example. So they took a time travel movie and they made it personal. They made it about him getting his parents back together. Yeah. Making his life, their their marriage, their life better so that he stands up for himself. And they have a very successful, happy life going forward and are happily married. Not like, you know, his uncle's not in jail, you know, and everything. Right. Like, so it's, you know, and they did it in a unique way, yeah. you know, with the, the DeLorean, the whole, just the whole aspect of it. You know, it was like. They brought something new to the table for a time travel movie. Yeah. And with like this kind of like a body swap slash, I mean, it's not time travel, but it's like de-aging. De-aging kind of, yeah. yeah, whatever. I mean, they need to do something different and it just didn't. It just felt like some 80s script they rehashed, updated it. So what I'm hearing is you absolutely love this movie and <laughs> can't wait for my next bit. No, I mean, there's like, it's <laughs> it's just run of the mill. Right. I didn't like, uh, you know, abort it or anything. I just didn't yeah. really... You know, not much there. Are we allowed to abort movies for this podcast? Abort. Oh. Abort. <laughs> We're going to abort movies. We're six minutes in. We're aborting. No more 17 again. That's, that's what I... Danger. Danger, Will Robinson. Abort. It's kind of what I picture. <laughs> so, um, speaking of it being run of the melon, it was a remake of a movie Disney called... movie in 1986. Young Again. Yeah. That Wait, who's in that? Featured, mm. ho ho, Keanu Reeves in one of his first roles ever. Wow, this is like a that must have been like a made for Disney movie. Oh, it has to be. It, it was literally called Walt Disney something Young Again. The magical okay. world. The magical of world. Of okay, Disney, so it's like an episode of yeah, like that. Yeah, like a movie of the week kind of thing or something. Probably. 
Okay, well, that's cool. I mean, I'm sure that one's better, probably. Got it has Counter Reeves in it. Counter Reeves in it. This so one, hey, this one, one had. Well, I mean, like in the cast, and this isn't terrible. Let's. Like, I was gonna say. I mean, there is. I think there's some good cast. I mean, well, I'm a yeah, fan of I Zac Efron, but uh, Leslie Mann. I yeah, like Leslie her. Mann's okay, which is interesting. She's only 13 years older than Michelle Trachtenberg. Yes, she's very. And cool. I also like Michelle Trachtenberg, but that's yeah, because she was Buffy and Buffy. She was on Buffy, yeah. yeah. Although she was annoying on Buffy, but yeah, she's okay. She was supposed. To, so I mean, Zac there Efron's are, like okay, yeah. Thomas Lennon's the best part of the movie. That's that's my favorite part. Is Thomas Lennon, the guy that plays Ned, his best friend? Oh yeah, he's great. And uh, Melora Hardin, who's mm-hmm. the I guess she's the principal, principal that he's had a crush on and everything. Yeah, that that <laughs> part of the movie. So yeah, that f that part of the movie, his best friend and the principal. Yeah, like him trying to seduce her. Uh, and Melora Hardin, I love. Uh, she's really funny. She was Jan in the Office. Oh, Okay, <laughs> it was I like I still haven't watched that. Michael's. Uh, Boss slash lover slash, okay, very, very problematic relationship in that. But I thought that was cool. She's in this, and she was also, I think it's the Rocketeer. She has like a small role in that as like a singer at a nightclub. No, okay. I was watching the Rocketeer like many years ago, and I was like, oh, it's Jane. From <laughs> Office. Yeah, that part's like my favorite part. They're those two are really funny together. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of the honestly, a lot of the comedy is that is is them. Yeah, it's certainly not the rest of them. Um, I mean, I think there's <laughs> other funny parts, but <laughs> and, uh, I like the part when Zach Efron meets the bully guy in the gym, and he's like making fun of him, and it it's yeah, a big deal I mean, at like, that point. And yeah, it's all this kind of like, funny, you know, bully revenge fantasy kind of yeah. thing. Like if you could go back with all everything you know now and. I like that. I mess with the somebody that terrorized. I need a janitor to send me back. Yeah, you need, you need Brian Murphy to Brian Murray to send you back. Yeah, that's Bill Murray's um, older brother, the janitor. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. He's in a lot of Bill Murray movies. Okay. And uh, I did not know that. Yeah, he's yeah. I was like, oh, Bill uh, Brian Murray, cool. I feel like even that janitor was like taken from some other movie. I feel like there's some janitor that. This Probably magic trick, but it's not ringing a bell. Like I know it's happened in some other movie that he does a magic trick. Well, it's like some magical janitor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Might have to look this up. <laughs> but <laughs> I know Wes Craven plays the janitor in in uh, New Nightmare. Scream. Oh, Scream. Mm-hmm. He's right. dressed as Freddy. That's right. He's dressed as Freddy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was just not. I don't know. Nothing like terribly egregious about it it was just yeah nothing groundbreaking yeah so on the on the scale that we use here at real opposites we have a scale uh, above or below coyote ugly, coyote ugly. <laughs> uh i mean i'll put it above coyote ugly Woo! i didn't Woo! wanna i didn't hate myself for watching it right yes. okay okay that works um <laughs> i'm looking at magical janitor <laughs> I feel Googling like I've seen magical this exact same thing oh, somewhere. No. Oh, maybe it's Bruce Almighty. Morgan Freeman plays God and he's a janitor. Yeah, oh, that's true. That's probably it. That is uh-huh. true. Yeah, I think. And then, then you have Final Destination where also the... Carl from the Breakfast Club. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> he's not magical, but <laughs> he made the list. He's magical though. to me. That or the, then the guy. That's from, a great movie. There's though. the guy from Scrubs too. It's always yeah. like, you know. Anyway, okay. Offering the advice. Offering well, advice. that's what I was gonna say. Like Final Destination, I don't think he's a janitor or is he or he's a mechanic Who? tony todd tony todd. yeah no he's, he's a, the one that knows he's a, everything he's like going on the um, funeral home 
funeral home. That's what um, it is. Mortician. Mortician. Yeah. Well, that's right. <laughs> I thought about going into mortician. I could totally school. see you there. Yeah. That would be I could see you there job. with like, your headphones in, jamming out to Britney. Just like, you know, putting makeup on a corpse, embalming people. Yeah. And it's like, oh, let the liver. Oh, there's some intestines. Speaking of. Well, um, that's toxic. Speaking of putting makeup on a corpse, I just watched Death Becomes Her for the first time. Oh, it's so good. Isn't it? And that one that is. is great. Oh, we're going to have to make Is that you a watch movie? That. Yes. It's, yes. You would so love it. it. It's so good. It's uh, Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, and Bruce like, Willis. Oh, okay. And it's like he figures out this. Um, well, no. Or he's given this potion by. Uh, they, the girls are given the potion. The girls are given the potion. And he's like, I think he's a plastic surgeon. Yeah, but and, he's. he's. And, but it makes them, they can live forever more. It makes them immortal oh, okay. more or less. Yes, but they die. They, and, oh, sorry, I'm being very loud. They kill. <laughs> but they, 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 they accidentally, uh, they murder each other, essentially. Yeah, okay. And um, he, so their bodies start to rot, even though, like, they're, they're living. living forever. Oh, that's cool. And so he has to. I think I've heard of fix it. Fix their bodies. It was. As it was. Go. It was like a real breakthrough for visual effects. It's a Robert Zemeckis who made Back to the Future. It's one of his films. Oh, okay. And it's like there's a lot of really cool and a lot of cool stuff that really holds up like mm-hmm. exceptionally well for like I think this was like '93. There's like her head like gets knocked off hanging on the back on her on her shoulder blades kind yeah. of like and she like brings it back up and sets it in place and, and there's a lot of cool gags and stuff it's a lot of fun that well Yon has a hole straight through her middle yeah and so you can okay see it i have heard of this or i've seen part of it or something because yeah. i knew that it's fun it's good maybe somebody just recommended it to me that's one of those i remember watching that a lot when i was a kid yeah because it was so zany and fun people tend to recommend movies to me a lot and i just i mean i think you would like that i don't that know because i don't good. watch them but so maybe that'll put that on my i should watch this one day before i die list maybe maybe yeah i should i should have you guys make me a list like those scratch offs Mm-hmm. Like like the, a poster or something. Yeah, like yeah. that. And you scratch it off to mm-hmm. watch movies. Yeah, just a list so I can mark them off. Okay, we'll see. Or I guess technically, this podcast is my list. This is your list. <laughs> yeah, because it's curated by Josh. So, Death and be- then I get to throw fun ones in. Yeah. So death becomes her, Toby. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Josh would much rather talk about that than seventeen again. Is what we're hearing here. Sorry. No, I mean I don't know. It was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't the worst. Movie. At least it wasn't horrible. I mean, it was. It was just run of the mill. It's fun. It's just run of the mill. Like, like you, know. you said, the the stuff between the friend and the principal was pretty funny. Yeah, that was fun. Well, uh, I just like him. I I yeah. like Reno nine one one. I used <laughs> to watch that. He's that's he's where so, he's from. Yeah, I mean, he's done I, a lot of stuff. But I love that's Reno nine one one. Most known for he's yeah. the the captain or sheriff or whatever. With like the short ones. Short, always wearing yep. short shorts. Yeah. As little clothing as possible. Just he's almost <laughs> dangling out. You know, it's really great. I like um, that. That's also where I'm Nisi Nash from. Yeah. And I love her. Yeah, she's great. Everyone on that show is really. She's been in a lot of stuff. The blonde Girl lady. The, oh. From um yeah. from Reno one I can't remember her name. She cracks me up in anything she's in. I remember her in Bridesmaids. And she's. Have you ever yeah. seen, seen Bridesmaids? Yes, she's like, I love that. I cracked a blanket. <laughs> I love it. I love her. That movie that. is so good. It's such a great movie. It is. There's a comedy we both agree on. It's yeah. like that's one that's like really smart. Right. It has it has you know, it may be some jokes go on a little long, but like oh, no, it actually perfect. has something to say about being that age. Right. And in that position. And Kristen Wiig is really great in the role and the, Yeah, you know, she is. It's so funny. Like I still crack up just thinking about Maya Rudolph walking across the street going, It's happening. It's it's it's, it's happening. happening. 
<laughs> so fun. I also love Maya. Yeah, she's great. Everyone in that movie's great. That's yeah. like, and I like Melissa McCarthy in that Melissa one. McCarthy, That's one of the yeah. few things I like her in. I like that, that oh, one. See, I and love Spy. Melissa McCarthy. I love her. Spy's Spy. pretty good. Um, Spy had you a didn't like, You didn't like Tammy? <laughs> no. She was okay in Spy and. When she robs the gas station with a bag on her head? No, it's not my cup of tea. Oh. What about the one where she steals I like an identity? her in Gilmore Girls, where she doesn't play a comedian at all. Can you ever forgive me? Oh yeah, she was great. great. I love her more when she's not just playing a loudmouth, yeah, idiot role. Did you watch? Well, no, you probably wouldn't like that. There was a they did a TV show for Netflix or something together. Her and her husband, and it was oh, like, yeah, God chose him to do something, and like nobody believed him, including her. I don't know. I it was super it. funny. Oh, okay. Well. I really like her, so I thought it was super funny. Oh, I, mean, <laughs> I just she just since tended for a while to just play those like really loud, annoying yeah. like roles. I think that's what I like. My nerves. Maybe that's a little bit me. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. I didn't say that. No one said that. <laughs> hey, I'm very self aware. It's fine. But um, I'm sorry. Loud and no. annoying is our brand around here. Yeah, well, that's true. Which is weird for a library, but you right. know, here we are. But yeah, bridesmaids <laughs> a good example of what seventeen again like. Could have, have been. been like just something that's really a little bit better written, a little bit more has something to say. And I get, I do get that, and and that's where I say like I like casual watching movies. Sometimes I like a movie like this that I can throw in, yeah. I can listen to, I can laugh, and it's yeah. I, I mean, don't have to think about it's, it. It's okay, like elevator music. Yeah, um, but I think like something like this, like if you had had someone like Edgar Wright direct it, it would have been like really. Poppy, like it would have like really had something to say. It would have been really stylistically like, energetic and unique. And you know, he did like Shaun of the Dead and Baby oh, Driver, okay. Hot Fuzz, Last Night in Soho. Uh, Which I still haven't seen. You need to watch that I movie. might take that home this weekend. It's really good. We have the Blu-ray. Okay. Been dying to see it. We should do a podcast about that. Probably. Well, maybe I'll pick that one. I don't know. Okay, then I guess I won't take it home this weekend. Well, I mean, maybe we do that after, unless you guys have a plan. That might be a good February one after Todd's. Yeah. Because there's okay. like a, well, there's, there's a, there's a romance to it. to it, but it's also like a horror movie. Yeah. Okay. okay. Have you ever seen Dirty Dancing? Like the original? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't okay. like it. Okay. <laughs> I know. It's just not my cup of tea. No, I know. It's fine. But anyway. I was also, I mean, this has been years ago. I mean, if I watched it again, I mean, I I appreciated it for what it was. We have 11 minutes left. But, That's fine. And we've talked about, <laughs> I feel like we've talked about the actual movie like 10 minutes. That's okay. But that's okay that's because that's exactly sometimes. what this is. I don't care. Yeah. It's fine. But I don't know. I just think, I mean, I, most likely I saw this movie when it came out. So I was probably a lot younger. Well, <laughs> not probably. I was younger. <laughs> but I don't know. It was just one of those that... I've I've saw I've seen this movie probably like at least five times, and that's a lot for me to see a movie. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, but that's because it it also like comes on TV oh. or like I know, I'm pretty sure my dad likes this one, so he'll have it on TV when I visit him or something like that. Or but good, I see you looking at the little trivia. Yeah, I'm looking there. at the trivia. Uh, so I didn't read much. Of, I didn't get all the way through it, but I did see that. Zach had appendicitis. Oh, really? Um, oh, okay. At during the movie and the Thomas Lennon. Yeah, he thought it was just like bad gas. Told him to hang upside down and it will fix it. <laughs> and turns out he ended up having to 
go to the hospital after filming and have surgery. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> awesome. Oof. So, I mean, that's pretty He's cool that he... He's not feeling 17 again now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of cool that he did the movie with the Vendors Arnos. I mean... He actually he also did all of his basketball tricks. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, he did. Those, I will, uh, high school musical skills. I was going to say, by that, that time, had, he yeah. should know how to play basketball. I will say, he does a good job. Like of mimicking Matthew Perry, he I, when it, when like they first when he first goes back to like being mm-hmm. young, he he does it, and it's not like over the top. Like sometimes you'll actors will try to mimic another actor and yeah. be like really big and like very obvious. But he does a, a very good job of like picking up some of his like mannerisms and speech, and so yeah, he's that's it, actually it's, something it's, that it's pretty good. Um, so he called Matthew Perry for help on his lines and mimicking some of his movements to yeah. give a more authentic performance of that. Which I think, and that's, I think that's the reason why I do like Zac Efron. I do think he puts a lot into his acting. He come, I mean, for a long time, he came across as just a Disney character, like not character, but Disney actor or whatever, but. Teen beat heartthrob. Yeah. And, but even in the like Haskell musical and stuff, he still put himself into those roles, I think. And I, I don't know. I've always liked him even through those. Well, the He's opposite right. of like what Robert Pattinson, who in like, you know, did Twilight because mm-hmm. he was like, this is going to be the paycheck that lets uh, me do whatever else. Do a, yeah. And so like his whole performance, he just phones it in. Yeah. Like all of Twilight. He's just like. People ate it up. Yes. I've never seen it. Now he's found like no a desire. nice, like, he can do Batman and make a really great movie yeah. and get a paycheck. And get so he, <laughs> he was good in that? Oh, oh he's God, fantastic yes. in he? Batman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's like, and he, I think, like they said, like, he's like Kurt Cobain, Batman, Bruce Wayne. Like, he's very, like. Well, he's year one Batman. So, yeah. Yeah, it's he's like, like, he's very he's, young Batman. Yeah. It's oh, like, okay. he's very kind of grunge, very focused on nothing but being Batman and, like. Very sad boy. Yeah, he's very melancholic and, like, you know. Okay. It's a great, it's a, I mean, it's, it's, you won't like it, but it's a really great movie. <laughs> I, I don't you know might, that I, I wouldn't know. like it. It is like, I mean, it, it's long. It's like almost three hours, mm. but it is, <laughs> it has like a steady pace and it's like, yeah. I, I mean, and there's like, there's a lot of like intrigue with like the mafia and gangsters and you might, I mean, it's something like making me think of like the Godfather. Yeah. To an extent. Like there's and, a lot that... of how, how it intertwines in the Bruce's life and, okay. and his history. And it, it really depends. I don't automatically be like, oh, a three. I mean, yes, I do. Yeah. And as soon as you say three hour movie, I want to not and watch it, it. But it is like a serial killer movie. Right. The, okay. the Riddler is basically, I mean, he's kind of like a mashup of um, John Doe and Seven. Mm hmm. And Which was so good. Yeah, and like, I don't know, Zodiac. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's oh, like, okay. It's really, and it's definitely like inspired by like David Fincher, like Seven and Zodiac, like that yeah. whole aspect. And and it's like, it's much less of like, I mean, there's action in it. There's like awesome Batmobile chase and there's some stuff, but it's like, it's much more like a mystery thriller detective film. Okay. I mean, that sounds interesting. And I mean, as long as a movie is interesting and it's good, like yeah. Green Mile, that's oh yeah, that's a great that's movie. at least three hours, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's like a it's a little over yeah. three, I think. I will say, you know, like if it's like a you don't usually like superhero movies or something. Uh, it is my favorite superhero movie I think ever. Yeah, yeah. the new Batman. Yeah, and I fair. like. I mean, I like almost all of them, but it's so grounded and so good. Like, and um, has what's his face playing the Colin the, Farrell? Uh, no, Paul, uh, Paul. Paul Dano. Paul Dano. The Riddler. Is, so good at everything he's in. He's great in Fablemans. He's great in Swiss Army Man and Love and Mercy. There we and 
Well, too bad he wasn't in 17 again. I know. Baby Paul Dano. I think he's okay with it. I think he's <laughs> but th- th- that is to say, like going back to the the, the Zac Efron. <laughs> but Co- yeah, Colin Farrell plays the penguin, and he's like, oh okay. Um, who actually he just he won Golden Globe last night for Banshees of Inisherin. Was he was fantastic in that? I didn't know he still acted. And they're doing a penguin TV show too with him. Yeah, where he's playing the penguin. Oh, cool. That's gonna be that's gonna be like. On oh, see, HBO that interests me. I don't know why, but the penguin always interests me. He's so weird being the, probably because like, that's the only. It's Batman so weird I've to seen, see him be the penguin. I yeah, guess like, like all the makeup and everything. Yeah, is yeah. really fantastic. Uh, like, he's unrecognizable, especially because the movie I watched closest to that was oh god, the vampire movie we make. Fright Night. Fright Night. Oh yeah, with him in it, and he's like. That's Colin Farrell being like the most Colin Farrell, like, like hot vampire yeah. TM, like no, like hot seductive yeah. vampire next and door. And I was like, I was like, this is really weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then he's like, the next one he's like hobbling around in a yeah, fat suit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, on. I'm confused. I don't <laughs> but know he does that. them both well, I guess. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah, he's so a he's a really great actor. Yeah. I know he kind of started out and he was just kind of like they kind of put him up there as like kind of like a actiony kind of heartthrob yeah. guy but he's really become a really fantastic he is really good. and he's like arguably the daredevil movie is not great mm-hmm. but he is having so much fun chewing scenery in that movie that he's probably mm-hmm. the best part of the movie aside from like some of the obvious callbacks to the frank miller like run. the original daredevil with with ben affleck and jennifer garner yeah yeah mm-hmm. oh, okay yeah, he's i've the, seen that he's bullseye in that Okay. Um, I don't remember that. I mean, I like it's the been new a long Daredevil. time. He's good. Back to the movie, guys. Yeah, 17 again. Re- reiterate. But what I was using <laughs> Back Batman to the movie, to say, but I'm going to talk. No, yeah. what I was using Batman to say is that Zac Efron, even when he was a younger actor doing like the things that would get your name out there and make you famous, yeah. he definitely put in the effort. Right. Whereas, there, you know, Pattinson's great. He's a phenomenal actor, but when he was younger, he was just like getting that paycheck. I just need this paycheck. Yeah, so I can do some, it feels go different. do some cool stuff. Like Zac Efron feels like he's trying. Yeah, yeah, and that—that's what I was saying with you know learning to mimic Perry a little bit and doing his own basketball stuff. Like he puts he puts the work in. I feel I really liked him in Greatest Showman too. Oh yeah, that's a great movie. Neighbors, mm-hmm. neighbor. Yeah, he has a lot of good ones. Um, yeah, he's done some good stuff. He and I'm. I'll have to check out the Ted Bundy one. Well, I think we're going to do an episode yet. on that. Okay. Well, at some point, I'll check it out. Oh, I, yeah, we're going to do it. I think that's. I think that would be a great one to to do because that was kind of my plan was do one of his the like teen movies, teen movies and then and uh, then do one serious. of his more serious ones just yeah. to see your take on the difference in those because I think I think he's a good actor. Yeah. Uh, he has one that he has, he's he has not a lot in. of his potential. Remember the name of it, but there, there's the movie about JFK, the shooting. Oh, um, uh, Parkland. Parkland, yeah, yeah, that's a really good movie. It and it follows after the shooting, but he's just a doctor in the hospital. Yeah, he's just like he's not the main lead whatsoever in that movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a and, big ensemble movie. <laughs> but he has like a part that really has feeling to yeah. it, and it he does really well. That's how you know you're getting old is when like Zach Efron's playing the dad in the Firestarter remake. Yes, which I still haven't oh. seen. I need to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Funny you watch these movies like when you're a kid and like David Keith's the dad and you're like, that guy's old. Now it's just like, that guy's me. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's younger than me. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway. That might be something. Do we have the original Firestarter? I don't think so. Okay. It doesn't hold up that well. Yeah. George C. Scott's great in it. Well, I just thought about going back and watching the original and then watching the new one. Yeah. I and heard the new one was it. not good. Yeah, I haven't heard yeah, much about it, so I'm assuming it's not good. Originally, John Carpenter was going to direct that. Yeah. And then, I don't, I don't think he wanted to do two Stephen King adaptations back-to-back, because he had just done Christine. 
Yeah. Um, but man, a John Carpenter Firestar movie would have been awesome. Yeah, I think so. But he'd be great with anyway. So yeah, seventeen again. Like I don't know. It's all right. Not the worst. I'm not gonna watch it again. Yeah. Ever. Okay. <laughs> well, it's like torture and I'm forced to clockwork orange style. <laughs> I have no other option other than to keep my eyes open. Yeah. I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. It could have been Coyote Ugly or Crossroads. I, I still understand that. The both good. I movies. just hate that movie. I hate it when people Man, act stupid. I know, but it's, like that's the point of the movie. Yeah, I don't like it. That was the you know depth there that you had to read between. <laughs> It's like an I can read book out here reading between the slides. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think you guys are going to like this. I have our late February episode. We're going to do surprisingly heartwarming anime. horror movies. So we're going to do Train to Busan and Last Night in Soho. I don't know. How's that's, that sound? That's just your pick. You're going to. I'm going to do it. <laughs> okay. Toby's episode. I haven't seen Train to Busan. You haven't seen it. You haven't seen Train to Busan? Mm-hmm. Oh my I've God. I've heard a lot about it, but it's so it. good. Okay. Have it's you heard a, good things or bad things? No, good things. I've heard it's really good. Um, I think there's they did a, Joe a second one too. For Train to Busan. Okay. That'll be fun. I'll watch that. Oh, because February is like love month. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we're going to do surprisingly heartwarming mm-hmm. horror movies. Yeah. Rain de Busan doesn't have a like a love story. It's a family movie. I think you're going to love it. I'll have the bucket ready for you. Yeah. I'll watch this no, with I mean, a, neither, like, a last night's episode is not like a love story, but it has like a... It has a... I mean, a, it is, there, but it's not in the way that you expect yeah, it it's to not be. A, yeah, it's not like a... Yeah. Okay. It's not like a lovey-dovey kind of. Well, I want to see that one, so at least I'd like one of them probably. Yeah. You should watch a trailer for Train to Busan. You're going to be about it. Okay. Yeah. I'll do that. All right. Okay. So that's what we're going to do sometime in February. Yeah. Might be our Valentine's Day episode. It'll be our February something. 15th episode. Yeah. We might put it on the 14th, though. We should do Look that. Look at us getting crafty. Look at us. Creative. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that brings us to the end of talking about... Everything and a little bit of seventeen again. Yeah, we got like about three and a half minutes of seventeen again in there. Um, yeah, but it, it sparked a lot of conversation. Yeah, so at least yeah. it did that. Well, we covered things that are like not like connected that, to it in a way, connected to it in some degree. You know, things it pulled from. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, at least not, it was a good conversation starter. It was tolerable. All right, I'll take tolerable. Yeah. So. Now, all right. Well, I guess from here we'll jump into some announcements and then we will come back and discuss Mahalan Drive. All right, coming up in February, we have on February 4th a community creative space sewing workshop. On February 6th, the Community Creative Space Glass Etching class. I believe both of those may be already booked out by the time of release, but keep your eye out on our calendar for the next time we have great events like that. On February 21st, we have Cozy Coloring. It's just a time to come get together with other adults and um, color and listen to some music. And then on February 27th, our book club will be back with an artist of the floating world, and we will meet at 6 p.m. You can come pick up your books uh, starting February 6th. 
I'm going to pass it on over to Kendall with uh, Youth. Hi guys, it's Kendall here from Youth Services at SCPL. We have a jam-packed February for you. We have, of course, our regular story time programming, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10.30 a.m. We are here with Alphabets on Tuesday, Words and Wiggles on Thursday. Both are story times aimed at kids um, ages five and below. And we dance and sing and read, and it's a great time. Also starting February 6th, we have our United States Passport Adventure beginning at the Imagination Station. Kids can come in and pick up their own U.S. passport. And as they learn about each of the 50 states and the U.S. territories, they can get a stamp or a sticker in their passport. Um, and this is just a great way for kids to have fun and learn more about our country um, and a little bit of history, geography, um, maybe even a little bit about fun food along the way. Um, we also have two meetings of our teen movie club, Real Readers, this month. On February 3rd at 3 o'clock, we will be showing The Rocketeer. And then two weeks later on February 17th, also at 3 o'clock, we'll be showing Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice! Beetlejuice! Um, both of which are sure to be a great time. And then we have two special events this month. Um, on Saturday the 25th at 2 p.m., we have a local author coming in to read some of her books to our little ones. Um, her name is Renee Eccles Hardy, and she will be touching on um, Black History Month and how to love ourselves and think positively. So we're very excited about that. That's 2 p.m. on February 25th. That's a Saturday. And then following that, Tuesday, February 28th, in the evening at 6.30, we are going to have a big showdown. Unicorns versus dragons. Miss Liv and I are going to take opposite sides of this raging debate of which is better. I am, of course, representing unicorns. Miss Liv is representing dragons. And you can come in and cast your vote. We're going to debate. We're going to have snacks. It's going to be an awesome time. So please mark your calendars for that event on the 28th in the evening. And I think that's all of our February programs. So I'm going to pass it back to Toby. Uh, we can't wait to see you this month. Thank you. All right, guys. Now we're headed back to the show. So Mulholland Drive, Aaron. Yes. I made you watch this movie. <laughs> you did make me watch so this, this movie. This is your first David Lynch film, I think. As far as I know. Um, might be my last. So... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you prepared? So let's start it off. So tell us why. Why? You. I, so I I like David Lynch. I'm a little hit or miss sometimes. Blue Velvet is pretty good, mostly for Dennis Hopper. I really love Dennis Hopper in the movie. Twin Peaks, like the first season's fantastic. I love The Elephant Man. I'm like hit or I like about half his movies. I love this though. Okay. This is like, so I never, I didn't see it in theaters because I don't think it ever came here. So I only saw it when it came out on DVD. It's the first movie that I legit watched and then immediately rewatched it. And I took pages and pages of notes on that wow. I no longer have. And I wish I did. <clears throat> it's, uh, I, we're just trying to figure it out, you know. Right. This is like, you know, this is 20 years ago. So I'm like, it's 2001. I probably saw it in 2002. So, you know, I'm like 18. Yeah. Did it not come here? Was it like limited release? I mean, it wasn't thing? like a wide release. It, I mean, oh, okay. it was only in like maybe a few hundred theaters or something. Okay. So it didn't make it here, but I did see it on DVD. And 
the movie just like totally captured my imagination and like the way it's told the the dream like like mystery how it's all wrapped up and mm. and these like dreams that you know especially like in the first hour you are not it just seems really random and it seems like it's going to be building to a more conventional resolution like all these people are going to almost like pulp fiction or something where they're going to intersect somewhere right. and they don't really in a not in a conventional way because it's all a dream more or less watching watching it again i haven't seen it it's been a few years and um the thing i took away this time was i feel like a lot of it became more clear this time the thing that struck me the most was just how how much empathy i felt for diane slash betty you know naomi watts for what she what she went through and the you know the tremendous guilt and pain that she was feeling and that led her to be tormented and terrorized to the point you know that we see at the end of the film i think the phrase you're looking for is insane like i don't feel a lot of pity for she ordered a hit on a girl for not liking her back in the same way that she liked her like (laughs) i don't know that that's exactly a pitiable situation yes like it sucks to be that crazy but she's definitely crazy and yeah but i don't i don't like to take that kind of like hard stance because you know i think what the film does is it shows how how her her mind is operating yeah through the through through her her like basically her masturbatory fantasy is the whole film yeah like what's what's you know and none of that's most of that is not necessarily how it happened but it's how she feels it happened right and and i feel like that's that's one of the great pleasures of the film is that it takes someone in maybe in a more conventional narrative that would have just been oh she's just she's just crazy you know she's insane but it it really puts you in her psyche to try to understand why a person would do that because people do do that and well, there's that... and there's never just a black and white reason why they would do something like that yeah. and why they would feel i mean and her the guilt and torment she feels about that is you know that's that that makes her you know a, a whole human being that she realizes right. what she's done right. and it's not just some you know um psychotic break or something well, it's just like I don't know. That's that's yeah. that's the takeaway I you know I took like. I think that kind of madness is always pitiable. Like it's sad that you know this is what she felt driven to or, or those kind of things. But I also don't think. I mean, I I I have think I have trouble feeling a lot of empathy for like someone who you know it's like that. That was not a reasonable escalation of the situation, and it's well, like, we yeah, don't actually yeah. know like what the whole situation is. No, but I don't degree. think that's that true. there's a point where no, I mean, not, calling out a hit on your ex is ever a reasonable like no, solution but to I the mean, situation. It's, if they tried know. to have you murdered, maybe. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I mean, it's like a heightened thing. It's like a bit of a theatrical. Right, hoarding a hit like it's right. a very Hollywood thing. Yeah, and it's, well, that's I mean, also that, true. That, yeah, and that's the whole one of the other things about the movie is it's all just like a, you know, an indictment of Hollywood and the the star system and you know, right. and similar to like Showgirls, just like the the desire to climb the ladder, you yeah. know. And um, so yeah, um, so it's one of your I favorites. Love, it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I think on my top one hundred, it landed like. Uh, 27 or 28 like it's really high for me yeah and cause it just means a lot to me and it, it like i said it was like one of those first movies that i really i literally just watched it twice like two times in a row like no breaks i just 
restarted it. <laughs> so anyway, um, what did you think, Aaron? All right. Well, now I don't know that I want to tell you because it seems like you really like this movie. <laughs> no. Okay. So I'll start with the good. I I like the story of the like the actual story of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the bad. But I mean, honestly, story is a big thing for me. So okay, I, I did like the story. I thought the first half or like most of it was just boring. It it just didn't capture my attention. And even though I like when they bounce around to different stories, and I definitely thought it was going to be something, which we've talked about on here before, that I like different stories than, than they like cross somehow. Yeah. So I, I did think that was going to happen for sure. But there was just something about it that it almost has a feeling of, it's like an artsy type film, yeah. but it almost felt forced to me a little bit. Like it was artsy to be artsy rather than it just happened oh, no, to be I artsy. I don't feel that at all. Yeah, I don't know. Well, like, that's what well, I the, felt. Like the f- I don't know. The first half is supposed to, I mean, especially, I'd say maybe the first hour and a half is like. Yeah, it was like most of the movie. It, I mean, it's a good chunk of the movie. It's about two thirds of the movie. Yeah. It's like, it is her dream. Like it's, you're in like. Right, but you don't the, know that. Well, the first shot of the film is is like a head laying and it's the camera going into a pillow. Oh. <laughs> so it's like. Okay, well, is, obviously I missed is, that. You missed the first shot of the movie. No. Well, it's probably because <laughs> probably I hated missed, the intro. You the implication to the first shot of the movie, okay. which is a common thing for people. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like I might have not not like, been like, okay. oh, maybe that's somebody dreaming. But yeah, so I mean. Casual then, movie watcher. <laughs> okay. Unless it showed also, Zac Efron laying his head on the pillow, I don't know. He's sleeping. He also didn't well, watch it twice back to back. I right. think you notice the pillow more the second time you watch the movie than you do the I, first time. But I think, but, so it was, for me, it was like, it just didn't capture my attention enough. I liked the story and all of that. But the the weird feeling I got of like a forced artsy probably turned me off of it a little bit. But then you get to, and I think it's about when they go to Silencio. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my favorite scenes in any movie. So at at first, it that's like my interest really peaked right there. And it could be because they were singing in Spanish because I love Spanish music. I don't know. But that was beautiful. I thought it was really cool. The guy was interesting. It, yeah. it got really weird. But then that's also where they lost me. Like past that, I didn't know what was going on whatsoever. Once they found that blue box, which did I, I don't know if I missed something, but did she just like pull a purse from beside her and it had that blue box or did she have it all along? She, cause like I thought, all along. I think, I mean, we don't see it till then though. Right. I don't think so. Okay. Unless I missed something, but um, that's well, what so I was curious the about. The right. Exactly. Well, now I know that. Yeah. That's, and that's what I was wondering, because I thought I actually missed something, like I might have looked away no, or something. No, I don't think so. And I watched that scene like three times. I think that's the that's kind of the part where the, the dream starts to, she starts to wake up from the dream. Right. And I think that's like, because she has the key, mm-hmm. the blue key, and that goes in the in the, the box. And that's kind of like the key, like she wakes up. Yeah. Um, well, see, I didn't know that. So when I got to the part where they go home and they have the blue box and they have the key... And like they're getting ready to open it, and then one of them just disappears, and then somebody random shows in the doorway. I don't know. It just one hundred percent lost me. Let's start waking up. Like it's like it's and it's and it's kind of done seamlessly. Yeah. Where you know, I whole, also thought she was dead. I don't understand. I don't know. 
Isn't she dead? Well, this is going back before she dies, before she kills herself. Oh, okay. You know, because so you have the dream. So the movie starts, she's going into her dream. Mm-hmm. And it, but it's some like idealized version of her dream like she's even and I love how they have like when she arrives to LA she's very like kind of perky and all shucks like about being but an she, actress but it's not know? actually her it's the well it's like it's her dream version of her it's like an idealized version of what happened to her when she came to LA right okay but that's and, the other character right the brown haired lady no that's Naomi Watts that's Be- Diane Diane Betty. slash Betty in the, in the dream in the dream Betty. it's Betty oh, she's, okay she's you know, because she gets that from the the name tag on the the, the right. waitress at the diners, and so so this is all a dream, and then she wakes up, and then so she's kind of is showing you the aftermath of what happened. Like you have what, three scenes there. You have the scene with her in the Lemon. in the kitchen, oh. where she's she's kind of like seeing, I don't know, she's making coffee, and it's just mm. like, and I think they have some shots of or shot of the blue key and her. Uh, her former roommate comes and gets her stuff and they really linger on the blue key there for a second, you know? And then the next scene, I think is at the diner where she's hiring the hitman, Right. And then the blue key is introduced. And so that's what I mean. Like the movie replays really well because you notice things that are set up later that are actually in the movie earlier. It's right. And I, I think that would make sense. Like, so when the movie ended, I definitely did not realize, I, I, was literally like, what did I just watch? Yeah. And so I immediately started researching it and reading about it. So see, I'm, I put some work in. There you go. Um, and I, that's when I read about, like, it's all a dream. It's the way she does it. Some of the shots where they, imp- that where the other, um, where Rita's in it is actually things that happened to her. Mm-hmm. But yeah. she puts Rita in it in her dream and all yeah. this stuff. Because that's how dreams work. You know, they're right. not, they're they're all over the place. They don't yeah. you know one hundred percent. And and if I knew that and was able to realize that, it might have made more sense to me. But it was like That's why they have a POV shot of the camera going into a pillow. Yes, which I obviously <laughs> missed after that horrible intro of people weirdly dancing in but some kind of the jitterbug space. contest she won. They got her the trip know, to Hollywood, but it's still. That's what I mean. Listen, like you have to watch it. That's why I have. You almost have to watch it twice. Yeah. Well, like when we watched the movie, she I wanted to watch it right it away, you, like right again, like it right. Was, like and and like I could some understand kind of addictive. that. Uh, but I mean, we learned in the 007 episode that I do not like long intros, anyways. Intro was like four minutes. It was four minutes of just weirdly dancing, and I didn't know what? why. You mean the title, like the opening title? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I don't like opening titles. I I even love those opening titles because it's like the jitterbug, but you didn't have these like flashes of like stuff coming through. Yeah, I thought it was super weird. I know. That's why it's awesome. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) You claim to like weird stuff. And I I I like dead things, not like that kind of weird. Let's be clear that like Lynch weird is a very specific flavor of weird. And it's not everybody's cup of tea. Like I personally don't love most of what like Lynch's filmography, I, I, yeah. it, his I, weird doesn't speak to me. I think the same people, the same way people feel about like Wes Anderson. Yeah, I don't if like you have Anderson. a style that is like your style, which Lynch has a style. Yeah. I mean, he breaks out of it sometimes, but it's his style. Then that style doesn't appeal to everybody and doesn't always like track 
for everyone. Like people don't always no, follow it. No, it's fine. It the right and I, th- yeah. I, I don't that... love all of his movies either. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that... I couldn't watch the Twin Peaks, the Return. Like mm-hmm. I made it like a couple episodes, and I was like, Well, no. let's be real. Like Twin Peaks, though. And even though he is definitely like in the directing like team for Twin Peaks, he doesn't direct ever, like it's a TV show. Well, then the it's new not one always direct. Yeah, the new one was but all the, him. The like all seventeen hours or whatever like... of it was. <laughs> Well, the original it was just like, you get other directors. It's just getting up his own rear about everything. And I'm like, yeah. oh, God, God, this should have been just a movie. And I think I think that's probably what did it for me was the stylization of uh, like his style that I couldn't follow. Okay. And and I think that's I honestly, I think that's the main problem. It's not so much that it was a horrible movie. It was that I just couldn't follow it. And that may be Well, you're not necessarily supposed to understand it on first viewing right or like really like what he always says now this way i like and something like kubrick says too is your you know movies aren't really an intellectual medium Mm. they're not really you know it's not like if you like kubrick said would say something like if you want to learn about some event or some you know something don't Mm. watch a movie movies are about feeling right and lynch's films especially this one are not like and you know he said it's like don't try to understand it just feel it just and that's that's really what I got this this go around was I was just feeling what Diane was going through and what yeah. she was feeling and, and I it can, made it I very rewarding that. for me well, but it's I, also fun to try to put it all together because I mean right at, at, at the end of the day it's probably his most coherent film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should watch no, all that. Whoa. That's true. Um, that was mind blowing. <laughs> I mean, Blue Velvet's pretty. It's pretty standard. It's pretty. I mean, not like mainstream, but it's like it's very. It it is a pretty straightforward narrative. Oh, yeah, and Blue Velvet feels more like an exploitation film. Like it's definitely got some of that like um, Lynch. Yeah, like his feel, his, but his, like and the things he likes, like this. I'm almost kind of like hokey. Like fifties mm-hmm. vibe and music and stuff. Like he loves that, and um, so like this and Blue Velvet are probably his most coherent films. And but it's like, you know, it's still fun to kind of put all the pieces together, especially with right. this one where it's like if you can and it makes sense. I, I, I get that, and I think, like I said, I don't know that it was necessarily the movie. I think it's the style that it was shot in because I did like the story. And talking about it, like the story itself, I like it. Yeah. And when I went and read afterwards, I was like, oh, this is a really cool take on the, yeah. you know, how this story plays out. But it was just something about it. And I'm guessing it was the style mixed with like my ADHD. I don't know, but I just could not follow it. Okay. And and I think that's, like I said, in the beginning, it or for most of the movie, it just felt kind of flat to me, kind of boring. And although the the story was interesting, I feel like it wasn't coming through in an exciting way. And then once you get to that blue box, I was gone. I was lost 100%. Now, I will say, like, it piqued my interest, and I was, like, really trying to figure out what was going on, but I could not. And maybe it's because I missed knowing that it was a pillow in the beginning. I don't know. But it, I, the dream thing never clicked until I read about it. Really? Yeah. I didn't I didn't realize that's what was going on. It is a so for me, it is a fantastic take on like how dreams actually work, because every like I mean, every character in the story is Diane in some way. It's like Diane's desires, Diane's like so she takes the girl who rejected her and makes her vulnerable. Yeah. And like totally like need her instead of like, like, you know, and and it's almost like a like some cheesy 
romance novel kind of oh she has amnesia and she doesn't remember just like right. beautiful kind of like mm-hmm. you know dark haired Barbie uh, yeah. you know it, you know she's of course they fall in love and you know right, it's yeah. like it's all it's it's very romanticized in her in her, yeah. dream. In her dream and that and that's what I say like all of that I I really like I I love. Mm-hmm. things about dreams and because uh, i think our dreams tell us a lot and i like the storyline once i read it i was like this totally makes sense I'm st- but it was just that i didn't catch one during it okay but the story itself i think it's a good story yeah so, so I, I mean i don't think it's a, a horrible movie i would never watch it again yeah but i think it's just i, I think most of it was the style i i okay. just couldn't wrap my head around it i think Right. And maybe that's more my well, I mean, issue I, I, than like the movie. Like, I don't necessarily know you're supposed to the first go around. No, like if you wait, give it a few years. Well, they should have told me that. Well, because <laughs> movies, some movies aren't meant to be digested all at once in one that's sitting. True. I mean, I like to understand what's going on though, and then you rewatch it and you see even more what's going on. Well, I mean, that's what would happen at this one if you watched it again. Well, for the purposes of the podcast, we might should have told you it was a dream before we made you watch it. <laughs> But I don't know. I mean, because if you went to if you went to see this when it came out, like you wouldn't have known that. You wouldn't have known. Yeah, that's true. Well, and the I mean, movie does clearly clear you in with the first shot of the movie. Well, yes. That's, I mean, <laughs> yes, but it's just the first shot, and oh at that time, God. I'm still I'm still trying to get over the opening. The camera goes into a pillow, and then it fades to. Can Can you Google that? <laughs> I would like to see that shot because I don't remember it. I thought it opened up with some fog or something. Could it be that the pillow looked like fog to me? No. <laughs> okay. It's like a burgundy pillow, I think. Oh. <laughs> it does not look like fog. So now that we've watched it, I I honestly don't think I would have even known it was a pillow just now if you hadn't told me. It, it's not like you see a pillow on a bed and then it zooms in. It's already zoomed in to this red fabric. Mm-hmm. So, although on this, watching it now, I did see a shadow coming towards it, which makes sense. But on for- first watch, there is no way. And in- on second watch, without you telling me, there is no way I would have caught on to that. What we've learned from this episode is that Aaron is in- <laughs> unable to decipher simple shapes. <laughs> seen, well, okay. seen in everyday life. But that's, but that's what I feel like is you don't see the shape of the pillow. It's clearly a pillow and it's like a bed. You need to see the nightstand. Was that just now? Did I see the nightstand just now? I don't think it's as clear as you think it is. Yeah, I think that's um, what the way. I mean, like they're cutting it a little bit there, but like in the movie, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a longer shot, and you see that it's clearly a bed. Okay. But I, I also, I mean, I also feel that it's one of those things where if it happens in a, <laughs> so if it's there, turn into real offices. We argue. This is a pillow. It is <laughs> a, a pillow. <laughs> no, but it's okay. So this is like the Chekhov's gun kind of thing, right? Like. In a movie that's trying to be about something in a specific way, like this is, every shot has a purpose. In a teen movie or a made-for-TV movie, not every shot has a purpose. Yeah, it's just scenes of people talking. It's the idea of watching, like, it's a you have to watch it in a different way. And so if you didn't go into this expecting to watch it in a way where with you hit every scene, you have to think about, okay, why is this scene this way? Then it's not going to read the way that you you would hope it would read. That's why I'm disappointed by stuff like 17 again, because I want more. 
But that's not. But this is why I like things like seventeen well, again because seven, I don't. Something like seventeen again can't be more than what it is, and they should strive to be more than what it is, and just your standard. But then, what would people like me watch? That's not how that watched. would make people like you watch things that are better. No, it would make me watch more <laughs> reality TV. Well, then that would be fine. I don't know. I just want. I just don't like it when filmmakers are lazy. I and so it like, just and I've gotten. I mean, and like I was more forgiving of that stuff when i was younger but as i get older i want more out of my movies yeah i want i think i like i i, I think it, I it might have helped if i saw her get in bed i don't want dumb movies anymore i don't want dumb action movies or dumb horror movies yeah. and i'm kind of bored of b movies so i just want more more good movies <laughs> I, I, so i i think that and i don't mind like a bad like joe bob movie yeah like i like one of those i like the joe bob stuff but like I don't know. I just, I, I want good movies. I like a B movie. Life's, and, life's getting short. I'm getting, I'm halfway <laughs> there. I want, I want quality. So <laughs> I have a different, I mean, I, I have a different opinion. I think there's definitely a place for both. And I, I, I enjoy both. I think that it's like, okay, so I have this argument all the time with people about like the place of young adult fiction in the world mm-hmm. is that sometimes like people dismiss young adult because it's written at like, you know, a fifth to eighth grade reading level and it's like quick to digest or fantasy. If fantasy gets dismissed in the well, same kind of way because yeah. it's like it's easier to digest. It's not like highly intellectual literature with a capital L kind right. of deal. A lot of adult fiction is uh, now written on a five, fifth, eighth grade reading yeah, level. Yeah, well, too. that's you know, like it, some of the popular used to be. adult fiction is. And, and uh, yeah. well, and so and then people dismiss it. But sometimes sometimes you want to think. And then sometimes you just want to enjoy. And know what's right And know what's in front of you. And I think it's okay. Like, I think you have to leave that space for people to enjoy things that they can kind of check out and still have a good, like, I mean, part part of art is to say something and part of it is to entertain. Mm -hmm. And it can do both. But I think sometimes it's okay to do one or the other. I mean, mean, that's a good point because that's, I mean... There are times when a movie like this, I would probably really want to watch and I want to think, and it's just very rare for me in a movie that I want, that I'm in that mood. But there are times that I'm in a mood where something like this probably would have came across a lot different to me. Um, But, and and it's the same with reading. I read, I like Stephen King. I like true crime, but then I love young adult. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing is like, I think movies like this are entertaining. Like it doesn't have to be dumbed down to be yeah entertaining and and, and engaging yeah, i mean i don't i don't know that when you're like sometimes our, i mean i know that yeah. like i've like i get yeah. that it's i've been there yeah and like i still will like like something you know like i love van damme movies <laughs> you know yes. so it's like i well i mean his like period from like the late 80s yeah. to like time cop but I mean, those are dumb movies. But right, I feel like there's still stuff in like something like that that I can latch on to that they're yeah. that they're at least well made and like I don't know. Well, and that, and but like, but like those are kind of my checkout movies. Like yeah, that I'll put on for like some comfort or something, or just kind of want a dumb movie. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I feel like they don't do those as well anymore because they're not as well made. Like even if you, like so, <laughs> this episode we're gonna talk about Time Cop. So like, like Time Cop's not a great movie, but it's at least like coherent and mm-hmm. and you know the action, the stunts, and the effects are pretty pretty great. And it's like it's and it takes itself mostly seriously. Um, 
that's a good checkout movie for me. Like, yeah, because they're at least trying to do something, and I can feel that in the movie. And it's like, I can't believe I'm saying this about Time Cop. Well, I've never seen it. I feel that way about most. I think for most B movies, I'm that way. Like they had to have tried. Like they couldn't. I like I hate. Yeah, no, I hate like Sharknado. Like, like that's no. Yeah, that's but, the like, exact opposite. Yeah, of, but like I mean, I think if you tried to make a movie and it's not necessarily super intellectual or like, then that's okay. Like yeah, not know. every movie has to be like Mulholland Drive or you something. Did but right. at least like like um oh what's that uh, seventeen a, again? No, it's a West. It's a West Craven movie. The one with Christy Swanson. Where it's like a she's like a turns into like a cyborg or something. Oh, uh, well, I don't know about that. It's really good. Like, I like Christy Swanson and I like Wes Craven, so. It's um and it was like it just came out recently. Like, like it was just what finally was Christy got... Swanson? The original Buffy. It's the original Buffy. That's right. Mhm. Deadly Friend. Um that I've so never heard this, that. It's That's a goofy great. like 80s horror movie. Mhm. That it also has some like engaging subtext that passes that get, slides in under the horror elements and like right. the outlandishness of it. Well, and, and I and I think those kind of movies are good. I think he does that with Scream as well. Yeah, Scream's I mean, a good example that's, of that. That's like, a great it's entertaining, example. But it's also has some and subtext that is about, one of my checkout movies about horror and violence and right. you know. So I don't know. I mean, you can. I, I just prefer when you're at least trying to do both. Yeah. And I, mm. And, and I get like that. something like Seventeen again. It just is not hitting anything. Like, I feel like anything like that for me. I feel like maybe I have a level of checkout. Like this one, this one is like a definite check. Or well, you know, Seventeen again is a definite checkout where I can just listen to it. Like it's that kind of thing. I can. Okay. In fact, I, when I was finishing it last night, I was my back was to the TV. But I, I've also seen it a couple times, but I, it is something I could just listen to and I know what's happening without even looking. Yeah. That kind of thing. I like some movies like that sometimes. Same with Young Adult. It's very upfront. You know what's happening. It's not a subtext kind of thing. But there are a lot of times that there's going to be a movie that I'm going to want to watch that does have subtext and it has that. So I think I have different levels and it's just not very often that I get to that big time subtext level, like a Mulholland drive type movie. Okay. And I think that's, that's a personal thing because no, I don't, yeah, that's fine. I don't enjoy yeah, no, movies. I'm not, that, like, yeah, crazy. I don't, don't mean to like that. You, you oh, guys no. have to like, you know, like, well, Oh no. I'm just, I, don't, I'm just I mean, saying, like that's where I'm at. Right. Exactly. Well, and I, that, I, that's I just, what I'm uh, saying is yeah. that's just where I'm at. So it, it, it comes into, you know, how we're quite opposite um, yes. in what we opposites. like. <laughs> well, I think I think everyone has their their media at which they go on that deep dive, right? Like, so right. like Aaron listens to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where you do a lot of your learning. Yeah, Josh that's where does I do a lot, a lot of, of my, his like... learning about films and movies. That's where Josh does his learning. Yeah, I think everyone has their their media their their form. Via which they digest deeper levels of information. Yeah. yeah. Now, one thing I like uh, as far as movies that is more serious and you really have to pay attention and you're getting a lot of information is documentaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's the kind of usually when I want to really pay attention to something, I watch a documentary because I love those. No, I love documentaries. So. Yeah. Speaking did you, of. Did you watch the Miss Cleo one? No, I didn't watch oh. that. It was actually interesting. It was better than I thought it was going to be because mm-hmm. the story was different than I the, thought it was. The best like documentary, at least like series, is the OJ Made in America. I haven't seen that. So good. 
I watched what? it like three times. You didn't yeah. like the Tiger King? Tiger King, like it was. I love Tiger, Tiger, Tiger King. King is the 17 again of docuseries. <laughs> I loved it. It's so stupid and ridiculous. Yes. I mean, the story's ridiculous. It, and it's like, it's like, how, like, what? These people, yeah, like yeah. that level of people exist. That I absolutely loved it. But this is also, and, but I also you have felt, to remember, we were like stuck in our houses. Yeah. And yeah. I also, you know, there's like limited yeah. available new content to right. watch or exactly. new. They weren't making new stuff. I hate that word content. <laughs> But yeah, just new movies or shows or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it also just kind of felt, uh, the part of it just kind of felt exploitive after. Oh, 100%. Like, not just a, like of the tigers too, but of just everyone's pain. And yeah. It felt kind of like. There was a lot of It felt kind of mean spirited. Yeah. To a certain degree. Some of it felt really gross. Yeah. The, the OJ ones. Oh my God. It's so good. I watched it like I three watch times. That. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's always hard to watch too, but. Yeah. That's something I think would be a good episode is if we did like a documentary episode. Yeah. Well, we're doing one next time. I don't think you ever watched Mo- Mommy, Dead, and Dearest, I think. No, I called. haven't. Well, maybe it's we'll really do that. Good. I'll pick OJ, and you'll watch like nine hours of documentary, and I'll watch no, an hour and a half. No, it has of... to be a movie. I mean, <laughs> I I'll pick a documentary. To I'll be honest, the OJ one's probably more down my alley. <laughs> I know, but pick a movie. I'll pick a movie. <laughs> and that that's the weird thing. And like, it's so much of a commitment issue that I have with movies that... If I want, if you would I, get through the OJ documentary faster. Probably than one night. Movie. You like get, one you'll day, get, you'll get hooked to it. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's so like, weird. You would have. You were just like really little when that happened. This is like ninety four. You, you would have just. I'm been not like so sick. much younger than you. Well, you would have just been sick. I would have been one year. And old. I would have been like eleven, twelve. So I mean, I would. I would have been more. I remember coming home every day and watching the damn OJ trial every single day because that's yeah. all mom and dad wanted to watch. I'd be like, can we watch something else? I watched a, I watched a stand-up. <laughs> can, I watch, can I watch some Ghostbusters or something, guys? <laughs> I watched uh, a stand-up about that. It was John Mulaney, I think, talking to a little girl in the audience. And he's like, what's your name? She's like, Lucy. And he's like, all right, Lucy. So when I was growing up, you didn't need cartoons or cable or anything. He's like, because... What you watched was the OJ trial. Yeah. He's like, that's all everybody that, watched. That's all I'm saying. For is like a year. You, at that age, you might not have been cognizant of like what that what was going right. on with that, you know. Whereas, because your parents might not have been like, okay, we're gonna watch OJ for three hours tonight. Yeah. OJ trial. I, uh, I feel like I was older though, because I can remember. We well, were 88, and there's a trial. Like it happened in '94, and it led into '95. So you would have been like six, seven, like when this happened. I swear, I remember. It was after our first the house trial fire. Like so it. no, I probably was. I probably was young, but it, I was old enough that I was playing outside with friends. And I remember we played a lot in the woods. This is, you know, back home in Appalachia lore area. But I remember my mom coming out and being like, <laughs> "Which came out with black gloves <laughs> and a knife." <laughs> I, I I remember it I've was been watching this OJ. Trial. She just <laughs> caught like a piece of it, and there was something about him being on the run. Yeah. And she made us come inside because there was like something going on that somebody's on the run. Oh yeah, that was. The and one. I remember going in <laughs> like scared or whatever, and like, like probably because probably because in the 
that same day we found like a random knife in the woods, mm-hmm. like stuck in a tree or something. And it was, that was also weird. OJ flew to Appalachia. Right. Like that knife off. But it was like, we found that. And then she came out and was like, somebody's on the loose and they killed somebody. And we're like, <gasps> so it probably was when I was so really young. weirdly similar story. My first job ever was being a lumberjack at a state park. I don't have another way to describe it besides okay. that. Like I was worked, I, we did trail maintenance and there was a tornado. So we spent the whole summer cutting down like, Okay. Cutting up Sounds trees. Sounds like a them. Yeah. So, like, that's the best way. It, I was part of the YCC, the Youth Conservation Corps or whatever, but it's my first job. And during this time, there is a serial killer on the loose. Wow. And he is on the run from police, and he comes through the park. So they had us all go hide inside I'm like 16. Well, at least he was really there. And they were like, yeah, he was really there. He really was went across the, the park. country. It was like me and the office ladies, because I was the only girl that worked at that job um, the whole summer. And they were like, everybody needs to come in and like go out of sight somewhere and lock the doors. And yeah. so that's what we did. But yeah, they chased him through the state park, but he killed like. I don't remember. It was like somewhere between five and eight people or something. Was it the guy that was going to state, like he lived in a state park for a little bit and murdered people? Okay. Maybe. I watched something about that recently. It wasn't that state park. At least it wasn't the one he was murdering people in as far as I know. Okay. Well, he did travel and murdered people. He was coming from like Cherokee County or something and he came through. Could be that. Um, Could be him. I I forget his name. Cool. Yeah, anyway. sorry. Similar <laughs> was, story, except was ours was like he was there. Yeah. What a um, tangent we go on sometimes. What a tangent. Well, I guess that kind of brings us to the end of this episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we did learn a little bit more about why we are real opposites or how we are. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um, I think it definitely movies on two very different ends of a spectrum of movies. Could not get farther apart. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't absolutely hate Mulholland Drive. I would never watch it again. Uh, Like I said, I I like this story. And you didn't absolutely despise 17 again, but you'd never watch it again. So Not unless you pay me. No. (laughs) It's, It's not like a movie I can't live without and would pay somebody to watch. Maybe Crossroads, but just saying. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next time. Oh, so yeah. Next time we're going to have a special guest, Todd, our director, back on. He was with us for the Troll 2. Troll 2. Troll 2 epic. Yes. Episode. Great episode. Um, And he's going to pick Todd Loves, video games, and just pop culture. Yeah. Um, So he's picked um, The Wizard. Oh, yeah. That's right. The Fred Savage <laughs> Super Mario 3 Nintendo feature-length commercial, <laughs> which is what it is, <clears throat> which I haven't seen for a very long time, and Aaron's never seen. Yeah, and I've never seen it, and I watched the trailer, and I'm kind of excited to see it. <laughs> it's very... It's, 80s. It's very of its time. Yeah. And it is just a trailer for <laughs> Super Mario 3. I can't wait. The power it was the coolest thing when I was a kid. And then we're going to watch King of Kong. A Fistful of Quarters. Which is another one I'm super excited yeah, to watch. It's a documentary about a Donkey Kong competition. <laughs> which every time I tell someone there's this great documentary about a Donkey Kong competition, they're like, sounds okay. like they just get like dumbfounded. They're like, what? Yeah. That sounds like the stupidest thing ever. Well, I think and it's also they, because it's coming from you. Well, yeah. And then they watch it and they're like, that was the best. Yeah. That was so much fun. It's such a great documentary. <laughs> everyone, mean, everyone I've told about it 
it's to, as <laughs> that exact same reaction. I can't wait. And then they watch it. I can't wait. And I, but you had to, so picture just like someone like me and you're recommending movies and you have me watch Mulholland Drive, but then you're like, and then you're going to watch a documentary about a Donkey Kong competition. Yeah. Like, I can see where they're a little confused. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, life's very colorful. You got to embrace true. all the different colors and varieties. Yeah. Even 17 again. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think it will be a fun episode. We no, had fun last time Todd was with yeah. us. And I am excited about both movies. So Me that's too. a plus. Yeah, that'll be fun. So I think we'll have fun. Yeah. So that is next time. Yep. But until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Josh. And this has been The Real Opposites. <laughs>